Thank you for joining us. There is so much to gain by obeying God's commandment to pray. Prayer is our most powerful weapon against Satan's unrelenting desire to destroy the kingdom of God. That is why God admonishes us to pray without ceasing. Prayer is our gateway to commune with God, to talk to Him, to seek His guidance. We are to pray individually and collectively, for there is wonder-working power in the fervent prayer of the righteous. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Randa reminds us of the miraculous power of prayer. In Jeremiah chapter 26, verse 2, you'll see something profound there. The Word of God says, Thus saith the Lord, who's speaking? The Lord. Stand in the court of the Lord's house. He's talking to Jeremiah. And speak to all the cities of Judah. In the Lord's house, all the cities in Judah? (laughs) What do you mean? Which come to worship in the Lord's house. So you have all these kinds of people in, in the Lord's house from various places. And God's telling Jeremiah to seize your God moment. Don't miss your opportunity. And so many pastors are missing their opportunity to preach and to speak truth in a culture that's confused. You get it? Thus saith the Lord, stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah, which come to worship in the Lord's house. All look at, look at this. All the words that I command you to speak to them. Everything I say, you say it. Now, that's a tall order. Some pastors can't say everything the Lord says because there are repercussions by influential people. Or they're scared they, their salary might get cut. Or they're afraid of the uh, outcome of negative consequences and all of that. I'd rather obey God and put, be put out than to, than to have everybody liking me. And God says, I'm going to get you and I'm going to get you good, Rand Earl Draper Sr., all the world, all the words that I command you, all. He's, in other words, God said, don't you leave out a word I say. <laughs> don't you leave out a word I say. Don't you know who's speaking? I'm speaking. God. Speak to them. And that's why I speak to you. And look, look what he said. Now, hold on to this now. Do not diminish a word. Underline that. Do not diminish a word. Don't you let it speak for itself. Don't diminish it. Don't be afraid of it. Folk going to get mad at you. They're not going to like what you say. But you realize you're speaking on my behalf. You're the messenger. (laughs) I'm God. I speak through you to the people. And when I speak through you to the people... Their blood is not on your hands when you do what I tell you to do. You know why I preach so hard? Because I'm not getting your whipping. I'm not getting your whipping. No, 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 no. You won't be able to stand up and say when you stand before God, uh, uh, Pastor Draper didn't tell me this. He said, yes, he did. He's going to give you the day, the time, the hour. So you, you without excuse. He says, Do not diminish a word. The Lord holds pastors responsible for speaking the whole counsel of God to the congregation they shepherd. I say it again. The Lord holds pastors responsible for speaking the whole counsel of God to the congregations they shepherd. Because within the congregation, 
is a diverse people. Just like here in the passage. is a diverse people. Because you say, where is that in the passage? It, it, it says, speak to all the cities of, Ju- of Judah which have come to worship me. It was diversity in the house of God. That's why we ought to not, that's why we can't afford to have racism, racial prejudice, or any like, anything like that in the church. Because God's going to bring people here from the east, west, north, and south. They come here from different cities. They, they come here from Shirts and Universal City and Lotus and San Antonio and New Braunfels and San Marcos and Austin. They come from Floresville. They come, they come from Seguin and on and on and on. They come from different cities. They come right and they land right here together. Praise be God. Black, white, interracial couples, uh, brown, Asians, whatever they are, they have come and we all have come to hear a word from God. In other words, there's diversity. How do you, you mean, what kind of diversity? Break that down. Okay. There are saved people in the house and unsaved people in the house. There are believers in the, there are believers and unbelievers. There are people who are hot for God in the house and there are people who are cold for God in the house. You have those who are close to God in the house and those who are estranged from God in the house. You have those who are in spiritual regression right here in this house. We have visitors and believers from different cities who have come to worship the Lord in this house, in this place. The scripture also says, do not diminish a word. When God says, do not diminish a word, he is saying, do not add or take anything from what God has said. Don't add to it. Don't take nothing from it. Preach it straight. Cut it straight. We have to be praying to do that. Because some truth are hard truth. Some truth is so hard, the people can't digest it. They leave mad. I hope they leave mad so they can deal with themselves. They can't change feeling good about themselves. We are to say exactly what God tells us to say and not to do so is spiritual negligence and a misrepresentation of God before his people, which will incur the chastening hand of Almighty God. Y'all, this is some heavy stuff. Did you hear this? Look at Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea 4, 6. When there's a diminishing of prayer and the word, uh, then there's a waning of of passion and zeal and fire for, for God. Hosea, the little tiny book, Hosea 4, 6, it it also says, my people. Some people put their hopes in Trump, Biden, uh, whoever. Some people may be upset because others didn't make it. Some some people upset because they don't don't have good choices and on on and on and on it goes. But I'm going to tell you something. God is not waiting on the president. God is not waiting on the Senate, the Congress. You know, half, most of the time they can't agree on nothing anyhow. Uh, God is not waiting on celebrities. God is not waiting on movie stars. God is not waiting on rap stars. God's not waiting on any anybody you think highly of, icons, and all of these things. He says, "My." 
people. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It's right in the church. A lack of knowledge. Preachers and teachers, you teach Sunday school, you teach men's ministry, you pastor churches, you give leadership in any parachurch ministry, you are held responsible to God for what you teach God's people. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Because, look, because you have, a, have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priests. There are many in the pulpit will be rejected by God. Re- will be re- and there are many in the pew and in chairs will be rejected by God. Why? Because you have forgotten the law of God. Underline that. Because you have forgotten the law of God. I also will forget your children. Y'all, that's deep. You forget God, not only will I forget you, I forget your children. It's going to be hard when I forget them. There are spiritual implications to what you do as parents. And what you do as parents have, have, have repercussions as it relates to your children. Beloved, when there is a famine and ignorance of the word of God among pastors and congregants, we are unable to pass the word of God down to future generations when we as parents are ignorant and lack knowledge of the word of God. How are you going to pass down what you don't know? How are you going to pass it down uh, to future your posterity, your future generations, which leaves your children spiritually deficient and results in their rebelling against God because they have no word in them? All they have is basketball, football, basketball, football, baseball, volleyball, uh, tennis, and and everything else is in them. But when they encounter the, the troubles of this world, that ball can't deliver them. Some of you get your Bibles, your bees mixed up. The ball is not the Bible. The Bible is the Bible. And that's why so many of us today have more substance because our parents brought us to church. We were raised up in the church. Now we have an unchurched generation because the parents are unchurched. They could care less about the church. They don't even think the church is essential. You see. And he says, I'll forget your children. Let me tell you something. There is no revival apart from giving priority to prayer and the word of God. As we journey through this global pandemic where people are spending more time at home, I believe one of the things that Satan uses to entice people is addiction. Therefore, let's focus on addiction to keep us from being seduced and entangled by it. Let's focus on it. Because when we're at home, and some some people spend more time at home now than ever before, and addiction can rise up even more so simply because 
you're at home and you may be working from home, but still you're in that house and things can happen in that house. If you are not careful, things can happen in your home or in my home that we could never imagine. Thank you for your presence today. Prayer must be a priority in the life of believers. It is our direct link to God through the blood of Jesus Christ. We must pray continuously in the name of Jesus to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. When we fail to commune with God, we relinquish the paths and plans God has already prepared for us and give way to Satan's strongholds. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy. You will want to take notes as Pastor Rander walks us through the power of the praying church. First of all, what is an addiction? What is an addiction? An addiction is an obsessive, abnormally strong craving. An addiction is an obsessive, abnormally strong craving for and use of a habit-forming substance, a habit-forming thing, a habit-forming activity or behavior that can be harmful psychologically, can be harmful socially, it can be harmful physically, and it can be harmful, most of all, spiritually. Now let me read it a little bit faster so it can make sense. I know you're writing. What is an addiction? An addiction is an obsessive, abnormally strong craving for and use of a habit-forming substance, thing, activity, or behavior that can be harmful psychologically, that can be harmful socially, physically, and spiritually. Addiction is serious in homes, in businesses, uh, in, in, in everywhere else. Types of addictions. I'll comment on some and some I want. Types of addictions. You can write these down if you can write fast enough. If you can't, just jot one word down quickly. Types of addiction. You have sexual addictions. Sexual addiction. There's a sexual addiction. Others have prescription and illegal drugs. You know, there are legal drugs you can get addicted to. You have to be very, very discreet, even with uh, legal drugs. And you know illegal drugs will drive you insane. The alcohol business is up. You know, the, the economy may be struggling, but I know what's not. These, these alcoholic places uh, that, that sells alcohol, these little, these little places you can just drive up and get you a shot or two. The, the, the lines be wrapped around for blocks. They're not lacking for money. That business is way up. People in alcohol, alcoholic business, people are drinking more, especially when they don't know what's going on. They get scared. They get worried. They just start drinking. They become drunkards. Alcoholics. Television. All of a sudden, you have that television on early morning. You go to bed with it. It's on all day. It's never time. The television is just perpetually on. That's an addiction. Video games. You get in it, can't get out of it, and you just go on and on, uh, on and on, but it doesn't satisfy. Sports. Well, I don't worry about sports right now because sports been out for a while, and it's just trying to come back, and they're still struggling, right? Okay. Social media. 
some of you, sometimes being savvy on this stuff can work against you and you can know how to move and navigate and all that. Sometimes it's best not to know how to do all of that because it leaves you lacking. Some things we ought to lack in because it doesn't get us so indulged in it. Social media can be addictive. Pornography. You'd be surprised at the rise of pornography in homes during this pandemic. Even from Christians, men, women, children, pornography is up in these homes, especially for those who are laid off work or doing less work. And all of a sudden you're idle and you start getting meandering into stuff you ought not be in. Worry is an addiction. You start worrying, am I going to make it? Uh, I've been laid off, furloughed. I have had this, I've had that. Uh, things are looking shaky and you worry. Gossip, you begin to gossip more because it's not much going on. You know, all your jobs are gone. Uh, you, you Places you, can, you can't go anywhere. This closed, that's closed. Everything is restricted if you go. And so you just can stay home and gossip. The cell phone becomes do- dominant. Just cell phone, cell phone. It just rings and rings and rings. Some of you can't even cut it off to sleep. You just rings and rings. On and on and goes. A laziness. You've been very active, and all of a sudden you just get lazy. A state of inactivity. And all of a sudden you were a hard worker, a good thinker, you were moving, a shaker, and all of a sudden you've been at home, and all of a sudden now you've gotten lazy. Some folk get lazy. I mean, a garden gets lazy. Go out and dig a garden. Go out and dig a garden. Uh, clean out the garage, clean out the attic, clean out the closet. Create some projects. Create some projects. Some people are addicted to laziness. They just lay around, sleep, and just lay around, sleep, have nothing to show for themselves, even though they're at home. You find something creative to do. Another addiction is gambling. You don't have to go to Vegas to gamble. It's all, you can do that on your computer. You can do that on your cell phone. I mean, being shut up in the house can lead to addiction. Overworking can do it. Some folk don't have work and other folk are overworked. You know, if you work for Amazon or some other co- other companies, I can't call them offhand right now, but you know what they are. The business go up. The toilet paper company, man, they're not lacking for business. You know, <laughs> boy, they, you can't keep the toilet paper there. You can't keep paper towels and these kind of sanitizing things. I mean, some of these businesses, all these businesses are not bad. Some of these businesses, they have jumped up and they, people are over, overworking, working for the grocery store, Walmart. They, can, they can't stock those stores uh, enough. Some of you are addicted to approval. You got to have folk approval before you do anything instead of getting your approval from God. Now, sometimes you need to ask. Uh, approval from, you know, just to see uh, from certain people that you have confidence in, um, in, in you know, confidentiality and all those kinds of things. But you ought not just go around, uh, is this all right for me to do? Is this all right for me to do? The Bible will tell you whether it's all right or not. Just ask yourself a question before you do it. If Jesus were here, would he do this? You know, approval. What about attention? Some folks starve, they starve for attention. They do things for attention. They got to be the center of attention. Wanting attention can be addictive. Selfishness can be addictive. You know, it's all about you and what you want, what you gain. You don't care about anybody else. It's just how can I advance myself? It's not about it's not about helping others to advance and and serve and teaching others. Hoarding can be an addiction. Just hoarding stuff. 
right now, people, that's why the stores can't keep things on shelf. I mean, you go, I, I, I've never seen so many empty shelves. People have it, and then they stockpiling in their garage, and they stockpiling it in the attic, and they're stockpiling it uh, everywhere. Leave something for somebody else to buy. Some people are addicted to fear. Others are addicted to overeating. You stay home day and night. You find yourself going to that refrigerator so often. Y'all laughing because you know that you start eating and you just, you just, you start, you just, you're not even hungry. You just eating. You just, <laughs> you just eating. You just eating. You at home. You just eat. You nibble on this. You're in the pantry and call yourself, well, I'll just get this. This is safe. And all of a sudden you got one cookie and then all of a sudden you got five of them. You know, some of you addicted to, you're addicted to sugar. Sugar has you craving for sugar. Everything got to be sweet. You can't have nothing natural, just natural sugar. You got to add sugar. You got sugar on sugar. Some of you is caffeine. Just caffeine, caffeine, caffeine. You got the jitters. You're driving your family crazy because you got too much caffeine in you. You can't sleep. You, you won't let your husband sleep, your wife sleep. And you got 10 o'clock at night, you ought not be drinking no caffeine if you don't have, if you're not working on a late assignment or something. Go, go, you go to sleep. Nicotine is addiction. I'm not overspending this one, but I'm not worried about too many of y'all overspending now. Most of y'all in self-preservation mode. You know, you're not worried about overspending, but you know, it was overspending, but now most of these malls, a lot of these places are just closed up. So overspending is not so critical now. You're trying to save. And some of you are about out of money because you haven't been saving. Okay? This is more than a rainy day. This has been a rainy year. <laughs> addiction. Money can be an addiction. Anger. Folk just mad. Those folk, those folk over in Portland, I think 71 days. How do you fight and riot and burn? How do you do that? I think it's somewhere along 71 days. I mean, some phenomenal days. After a while, y'all say, you know what? I'm tired of throwing these, these cocktail bombs and all this. I'm, I'm and what? You know, Satan never get tired of devilish work. How do you go that long? I said, at some time, at some point, those folk up in Portland all say, I'm tired. I'm going home tonight. I bet some of the folk can't wait till winter comes so these folk can get out the streets. A criticism. You can become very critical. That can be an addiction. Just criticize your wife, criticize your husband, criticize your children, criticize your grandchildren. You criticize this, criticize your in-laws, criticize uh, everything. You criticize the church, criticize uh, the, the music, criticize everything. Uh, power and success can become an addiction. You know what a real addiction we have to deal with is isolation. Leave me alone. I, 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 the virus is out there. And I'm, I'm in, I'm, I'm self-isolating. Okay, now if you've done yourself isolating, I'm going to tell you something. You need to come out that house and go in the backyard and smell some roses. You say, I don't have any roses. Plant you some so you can smell them. Okay, get out the house. Get out the house. And some folk are so paranoid. I saw one lady one time, she was getting out the car. And she had a glo- she was driving with her gloves on, the mask on, with nobody in the car but her. I said, "Why you got your gloves, your man?" I didn't see nobody in the car. I said, "You know, you must be par- you must be paranoid. You got your gloves. You gonna contaminate yourself? You know? I, I'm just 
I said, many people are paranoid. I said, what is going on? I see folk in the heat. It's 100 degrees outside. And it's just them by themselves. And they running. And they got their face masks on. And they, I said, they going to pass out. They going to pass out in that heat. And they running with their face masks on. Like if they, if they don't have the face mask on, I'm for face masks. And the only reason I have mine on that because I'm preaching. And I want folk by Facebook and radio and everywhere else to understand me. But when I get behind this pulpit, my mask is back on. But if I'm going to go, I'm not going to, I'm not no jogger. But if I go walking or whatever, I'm taking that thing off. I don't know how folk manage to do that. Matter of fact, I don't know how the football players and all go, can play in that. That stuff is, you feel like you're going to suffocate. But isolation can be dangerous when, when you get to content and addicted to isolation. Isolate. It doesn't mean you have to get around crowds and all these things. You and your wife go for a ride. Go to the hill country. Go do something that's safe. Get out of that house lest you get depressed. Please, for heaven's sake, God didn't make you that way. Refuse to allow this pandemic to paralyze you. Strategies for overcoming addiction. Strategies for overcoming addiction. A, if you are going to overcome addictions, you must be saved in order to conquer your addictions. You got to be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, for whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Cry out to God, call on him, say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I've made a mess of my life. I'm away from you and I've tried everything but you. I've tried money. I've tried success. Uh, I've tried people, pleasure, nothing satisfied. Lord, I need you now. Come into my heart. I believe that you are the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were buried according to the scripture. I believe you rose. I believe you're coming back again for the saints. I cry out to you for help. Once you're saved, God begins to intervene. Jeremiah 17, 14 also says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. The Lord does the healing. Save me and I shall be saved. You are my praise. You begin to praise God in the midst of calamity. And all of a sudden, God begins to break stronghold, the stronghold of addiction as you begin to praise and worship in God's house. God is our ever-present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoyed this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base.